Hey, Miley, we need some intro music. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Woman Get In Podcast. I am Miley. And I am Andy. And we are full of effervescence. I'm bubbly as hell. Yes. And you're glowing. <laughs> I am glowing. I just had a facial with Debbie. She tells me pretty much, I mean, it's a lot of the same things most times I go. And Debbie listens, so she'll hear me, but she knows she tells me the same stuff every time I go. Most of the same. She's like, it's a little dry. Your skin's a little dry. And I'm like, it doesn't look dry. She's like, no, it doesn't look dry. I can just tell when I'm like, you know, when she's yeah. like cleansed you and got you in there and she's like got her magnifying glass all up on your face i'm like i imagine with that thing maybe my face looks like have you seen pictures of the what's that desert where death valley death valley where yes. it's all cracked mm-hmm. <laughs> and flat i'm like in my head i imagine that that's what my skin looks like all up close oh i want to go to death valley so badly i've been really? wanting to go to death valley for the last two years i've been trying to find some kind of weekend where i could get myself up to vegas and then rent a car and drive down to death valley there's a couple other spots between vegas and death valley that i want to stop by there's like this rainbow stone area and lots of great things and then lots of great hikes that take at death valley and yeah. how far is death valley from vegas it's like two hours southwest Somewhere between california is it in california it's in california okay. mm-hmm interesting yeah but but that's the nearest like big city to drive out of yeah probably i don't know i'm not i mean i'm still i'm still learning how to navigate through the world (laughs) and uh you know shout out to our traveling episode but i'm still learning how to travel and learn about how to plan trips and stuff and Mm. that's my most recent plan for death valley one day i'm great at is there a national park at death valley is that why you it is go? a national park oh. yes <laughs> i'm like is that why you want to yes. go because i'm like uh, no one's like i really want to go there i'm like well <laughs> and then if you drive like another two or three hours you get to yosemite and that's why mm. i really want to find a week where uh probably a week where i can just do that you know because yosemite's another national park for my passport holy smokes i just googled it and death valley is huge it is very huge and it's the lowest point of the United States. Is it below, it's below sea, sea level? level. How I want to fly a plane and land there and see what my altimeter reads. It'll probably read negative something, but mm. there's no such thing as negative on my altimeter. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Anyways. Interesting. Yeah. So that's on my to-do list. I really want to do it for my birthday week. Uh, I also have to... Uh, find 10 days between now and June 30th to take off of work. Otherwise, I lose that PTO. And I can't seem to find 10 days to take off of work. Why? Because you have things in them? I have them? so many things that require like me to be at work. Physically so present. I'm like, Arr. I got a wedding booked up north in Ooh. Strawberry. Ooh, strawberry. June 20th. It's a Monday. Ooh, okay, okay. Potential road yeah. trip. Road trip. That would be great. Are you already off to, that week? I'm off 21st through the 23rd because I go to Chicago. Okay. I still but I can have, totally be in Strawberry on Monday and then Chicago Tuesday. It's still, it's odd that I still remember your time off from when <laughs> yes. I did those things for and you at the day job. Congratulations, you are officially not an employee of uh, the same place I work at. 
I might still be an employee. Oh, that's not what was announced this morning at the staff meeting. Oh, no one told me. <laughs> As of April 29, you are no longer an employee. Really? I yeah. still have access to everything. Oh, they said you didn't. <laughs> I was in it this morning. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations. I'm so, so happy and thankful for all your service all these years, but happy for you thanks not happy for me happy for you i'm literally working on something though for my replacement so i hope <laughs> they because st- my computer died so that's oh. my last few days yeah. in this intro update my last computer died like blue screen of death i think i mentioned it last week to you yeah i have not been able to get it back up i've reverted to my old laptop from 2009 Whew. But Whoa. I need Citrix in order to get mm-hmm, into the mm-hmm. softwares that they use at the school. My computer is so old. I, there is a Citrix version for Windows 7 still. Windows wow. 7, y'all. Whoa. I know. It's like our grandfather's stuff. <laughs> so there is a version of Citrix for Windows 7. And I was trying to download it. And all I got was the preparing to install screen for a bit. And then it was like, sorry, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> my computer I think just had I mean it's literally yeah. like 13 years old or something yeah. so there's just no room on it and it's done it's not gonna have any more it's happy to do the little things that it does for me but I went and bought a new laptop so that I had something functional like fully functional and didn't weigh seven pounds uh yeah but anyways a document I was working on is on that laptop that oh. completely took a crap so I'm kind of bummed I managed to get a few things off to her but there's one kind of big one about all the funding and grant yes. programs that I haven't like she's kind of at a loss on all of those until I can get that to her. So I, I think I have to recreate it, though. Yes. Uh, what I need to do is get into I need to download a VPN to get to my files, my folders and start it over. Like yeah. I had a version of it that I was oh updating for her. So now I just have to get back to the old one and update it again. This computer problems. It's good times super awesome but my new laptop is so pretty and light and she works so well no i haven't named her (laughs) mr boyfriend keeps asking me if i've named her no i haven't sometimes you can't name things right away like i don't name my things that are sentimental to me like immediately i take Mm. time to get to know because it will have a personality and then you you give it a name so yeah Mm -hmm. i've never really had to name a laptop so just not really uh, something okay. I'm doing. No, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. How's the rest of your week? You went to a jazz festival this weekend? Oh, yeah, we did. We did the jazz festival, came through Scottsdale, um, Scottsdale Jazz Fest. Oh, Who okay. knew that was a thing? So I got an offer for tickets and I was like, sure, I'll take tickets and figure something fun, something different to do. It's right basically in my backyard in Old Town Scottsdale and... Uh, the day of the event checked out the website Mm -hmm. to see in the in instagram they have an instagram wow they don't use it a lot but it's there and they had listed all the food trucks that would be there i didn't expect to find anything vegan but i did oh yeah so shout out to tanya who owns flavors vegan food truck she was there and i got to meet her because i've had their food a number of times but i've never got to chat with her so I got to talk with her and have her food and we shared nachos and a chicken. This is all faux. Obviously, it's not like real dead animal. Um, they make their little chicken sandwiches. It's, it was really good. It was like jackfruit and mushroom. Super tasty. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we sat and listened to jazz in the park until I got cold because I wore a little like dress. And after the sun went down, I didn't I didn't last 
maybe two hours <laughs> and I was like I'm chilly because we're sitting in the grass and you know it just gets cold out there even though it's still 85 it doesn't feel 85 yeah no sun sitting on the lawn so it was fun listening to jazz though we had a good time then um uh Casey I think I've mentioned her one of my friends was in town and her little one's turning one so we got to go see the baby and go to the party and that's the first time I've seen the kid like every time they've been in town I've literally not been either physically here in the same in the state it was so random I would be going to California for something and she would be coming here the same weekend so got to finally meet the baby and catch up like see her we didn't get to catch up much at all unfortunately and then I was gonna try to meet her for dinner yesterday with the uh, group that she had planned my allergies have been such a wreck I sort of put myself into a Benadryl coma (laughs) I have not been able to function so if I'm sounding nasally it's because I think I can only breathe out of one side of my nose right now. Oh, shucks. Well, you don't sound nasally. It's tough. And I'm sneezy. I took another horrible. Benadryl today because mm. I just I can't stop sneezing and my nose is drippy and I'm sneezing and it's really obnoxious. And I take stuff all the time. So huh. anyways, those are my struggles right now. That was my weekend. It was it was good. And I followed it up with a facial today with Debbie. Shout out to Debbie at All Aglow Skincare super good yes I she love got it. a new table Ooh, okay did she um did she align your chakras i did not do any chakra work or reiki ah okay but she has she's thinking of offering reiki as a whole separate service oh but she has a reiki glow facial that she yeah. does offer right that's now. what oh okay that's what i did last time i saw her reiki mm, the yeah. whole she balanced my chakras and she found out that my heart chakra was struggling and she was right because i felt it and yeah uh, my, my heart chakra probably is a misaligned again, so I probably need to Is that the only time a, you've seen her? It was like a year and a half yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. That's probably why my chakras are all misaligned again. Yeah, so, I haven't had any chakra balancing since that event either. Yeah, but I, whenever I think of her, I always think of that. Yeah. I had a great facial, but I also felt really relaxed, and she balanced my chakras, and it, it you know, it was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, mm, it's yeah. always great seeing her. Yeah. I am. You're fresh off a day for special smiles. I am. Thank you. Yeah. Day for special smiles is an annual event that we do to provide free dental care for people with disabilities. And uh, when I think about this, I was telling Mandy earlier today that uh, I'm glad we did it because I was really close to not doing it. I actually two months ago uh, came running to Mandy one day and was like, I am, I'm saying no to this event. I am canceling this event. I am not doing it. I am creating boundaries. (laughs) I know that I'm overworked, overloaded, overwhelmed, and I'm trying to remove things off my plate and I'm going to remove day for special smiles off my plate. And I was so proud of myself for saying no. And then my boss said I had to do it. (laughs) And I was like, and how'd that go for you? But I was so proud of myself a few months ago to say no. But we ended up doing it. We did it. You tried to cancel it, I think, twice. I did. (laughs) And so we ended up kind of compromising. Instead of doing the full-blown event that uh, we usually do, I cut all of our goals in half. And uh, so we we had about 100 volunteers. We saw a little less than 40 patients. Yeah. And we provided a lot of quality care for these patients. 
full exams, full x-rays, cleanings, the regular cleanings, deep cleanings. We did extractions. We did fillings. We had a blast. We had arts and crafts. We had hygiene, education games. We uh, we just had all, we all had a lot of fun. That's and so awesome. I'm so happy we did it. So I'm glad that my boss made me do it, even though I was trying to work on creating boundaries. I will just have to create boundaries elsewhere in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Take that shit somewhere else. Yeah. And, and I am uh, heading to Columbus this week and I have to keep saying that to myself over and over again because <laughs> a few months ago again I've been overworked overwhelmed um a lot and when I made my plans for Ohio for this meeting I immediately I don't know what city you immediately what city do you think when I say Ohio do I have to yeah that's, that's the first when city you say Ohio I go do oh, I have okay. to um I don't oh okay I think Cincinnati so yeah. three Cincinnati, months ago, Cleveland, and, and then Columbus, Columbus would yeah. probably I've fall never, after. It's the capital, yeah. and it's kind of a, I don't think about it. It's not a yeah. big town in So Ohio. I booked my ticket for Cincinnati this whole time. Oh, shit. And, <laughs> and after Day for Special Smiles. They all was seized, <laughs> too. Know, it's kind of fucked up. After Day for Special Smiles, my friend Ellen, you know Ellen, she texts me. She's like, I'm so proud of you. You did great, all this. And then she goes, I'm so excited to spend, you know, a few days with you in Columbus, and hopefully you'll get to relax next week. And I was like, when are we going to Columbus? I, I, was, like, I was like, aren't we going to Cincinnati? <laughs> and she's like, no, we're going to Columbus. And I'm like, oh, my I'm ticket says Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Cincinnati. <laughs> so, Can someone pick me up? So, yes, I had to go through the whole thing about changing my tickets, canceling, buying new ones, or I don't even know what, what I had to do. Was it easy? Southwest. It was okay. easy, but it was more money. <laughs> but it's okay. But I would have called that. story of the... Oh, you can. So I have called them before when I boogered yeah. up a ticket. I was booking tickets from Phoenix to Detroit and uh -huh. I accidentally booked it from Detroit to Phoenix. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's not going to work because <laughs> yeah. I got to go the other way. <laughs> um, and I called. The, I didn't even realize it like within the yeah. 24 hour time frame. Oh, and oh, until oh, no. at some point I, I, I looked at my ticket and I was like, oh, for hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I called them and I go. I have a problem. <laughs> oh, I bet they would. Yeah. They, and they, she just flipped it for me and didn't so charge me. Oh, yeah. See, I, I didn't think about it. But again, I made this three months ago. Yeah. I did book a flight for Florida by accident thinking that <laughs> like I, I was I'm supposed to go to Singer Island. So you're supposed to <laughs> fly into West Palm Beach. But it was really expensive. So I was like, oh, why don't I fly down to um, uh, Rat's Mouth? Uh, Boca Raton, oh, okay. rat's mouth. That's um, what that means? Yeah, Boca is mouth and Raton is rat. So mouth of the rat, rat's mouth. So I was like, why don't I book a ticket for rat's mouth and then I'll just like <laughs> Uber it to West Palm Beach. It's two hours away. So like when I realized that it, on the map, it didn't look that far apart. <laughs> on the map, it looked like they were right oh, next to each other. Long. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, me and my my perception of things is not always the uh, right yeah, my perception. Yeah, I know it's like it's right there, but nope. So then I had to quickly cancel it and they canceled and refunded cash instead of like oh. um, credit, which was really nice. I think Southwest is really, yeah. they're really great when it like, especially things within 24 hours of yeah, purchasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, 24 hours is a, yeah. your sweet spot if you've screwed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know how I didn't notice. I booked it backwards. Or I was flying my family out, and ah, I booked it from Phoenix to Detroit. Yeah. And I was like, but my family's in Detroit, and I need them to get here. here. <laughs> and then, yeah, I booked, like, the whole flight backwards or something. It was bonkers. But they helped me, and That's they didn't really nice, yeah. It was nice. I'm a big Southwest person, so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So uh, I'm so happy that Ellen had mentioned it because otherwise I would have showed up in Cincinnati and been like, 
hey everyone i'm ready for the party and then leaving the day this comes out yes okay yes <laughs> yes Super. Uh, but yeah so that's my funny story of the day mm-hmm. that's great i yeah. love it columbus cincinnati cleveland they all yeah, start with c's too and i don't know the only city i think of when i think of ohio is cincinnati i probably think of cleveland first only because it's closer to detroit where uh, i'm from okay i think it's closer and that's and where the roller coaster is well, it's close no. to there, Sandusky. Oh. Um, but also, that's where the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ah, is okay, there. Okay. And like cool. Drew Barry, Drew, mm. Drew Barry, nope, Drew, Drew Barry Drew Moore. Carey, oh, Drew Carey. Uh, his TV show was in Cleveland. Ah. And so, yeah, but I. Well, you still need to go there because um, before COVID, I was going to go with you so we could ride roller coasters. Yeah, Mr. Boyfriend's making the trip with me. I can't remember if I told yes. you this. So he's coming home at the end of my trip to michigan he's gonna come for a few days and then we're talking about going to cedar point one of those days for the roller coasters yeah without me well it wasn't meant to be without you <laughs> no <laughs> okay well no? we'll talk offline about this let me yes. know the dates so that um i can take time off and come maybe hopefully we'll yeah, see because you have crossed. a ton of time to take off, i do as i've heard recently yes lots of time so you told me you had a funny story and that was your funny story though. Yeah, that was funny. Cause like <laughs> I've made a big go that that's my funny story. <laughs> yeah. If you hadn't told me that's my funny story of the day, I probably would be more like, where was the funny story you had to tell <laughs> well, me? Well, that's how I think that's the story of my life. A lot of funny stories are really just me messing up and goofing up. And then nobody else thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny. So then it's even funnier that nobody else thinks it's funny. Because I think it's funny. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's <laughs> but great. But it's funny. Cause remember how earlier I was sitting and I was like laughing at myself? I'm like, it's funny to me, but nobody else is going to think it's funny, which makes yes. it even more funnier. Listener, she just started laughing at nothing <laughs> when we were setting up. And I'm like, OK, want to let me in? And she's like, I just have a funny story for the intro. But no one else is going to think it's funny. But I think it's funny. And she's like laughing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm like, OK, can't wait to weird. hear the story. Uh, but yeah. Um, so thank you for telling me that was your funny story I should clarify or preface (laughs) that's what I have to do before every funny story to make sure people know you're about to hear a funny story if it's not funny (laughs) please laugh anyways (laughs) didn't there used to be some sort of uh, warning or something at the beginning of TV shows what you were about to see like on Dateline Uh, what you're about to see is dramatization of real events yeah I was like what you're about to hear is a funny story to me (laughs) So laugh or don't, I don't care. It's funny. <laughs> yes, it's great. Uh, yeah, and Do then it. I will, I will. And uh, that was th- that's Columbus. And then oh, I'm flying. I have been flying uh, yes. on Sunday mornings, but I've been more so focusing on my written ground test. And I have decided that I must, I must take it by before or by or on May twenty seventh. So you have like a little over three weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've okay. already been, I've been reviewing uh, about three or 400 questions so far. I've reviewed all of the book material. So now I just mm-hmm. got to focus on making sure I can take the test. And, you know, I have test anxiety and I get really anxious and nervous and uh, my, my head gets foggy. And so. Well, Is it possible to, to change your self-talk around test yeah, taking? Yeah, I probably have to, you know, start doing some, you know, when we talked a couple of weeks about a pep talk before yeah. like before my dates I should use the same pep talk before my test yeah mm-hmm. like 
I am smart. I like affirmations. Yeah, like, affirmations. I know this material and mm-hmm. I'm going to do great on this I'm test. prepared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll work on affirmations. I have been reading this book for a year. <laughs> yes. We I have were, been flying we planes been, for, for a, a year. year. The people <laughs> want me to take this test already. <laughs> yes. Everyone <laughs> believes in me and so do I. I like that. Everyone believes in me and so do I. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll work on that. And I want to really focus like end of May. This test is being <laughs> rocked. Totally. And uh, but in the meantime, I've been trying to stay up, like just keep my hand skills uh, a little little wet every Sunday I spend like an hour and a half with my newest instructor Steven and we uh, focus on just like reviewing concepts and tightening up all of my maneuvers and stuff so uh, and you know he's very technical yeah yes and uh, before every flight he's, he's a like, lot less romantic in your flights than Brandon <laughs> who's like Look at this beautiful video of Horseshoe Bend. Let's yes. put some music to it and make it real. We spend a lot of time appreciating the the nature and of surroundings <laughs> of our flights. Steven is very so like, like checklist guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, before this flight, our goal, our, our our three goals are this, this, and this. And go ahead and talk to me about this. And you tell me everything that you know about this. And then he'll be like, okay, but don't forget about this. And let's talk about this. And let's do this. And let's try this. And uh, so we're very, very regimented. And uh, but one fun thing about Steven is we do a lot of chants. So like if I'm doing something that is like I'm not doing something I'm supposed to do, we'll chant it together. So like for my steep turns, uh, you're supposed to bank at 45 degrees and then uh and then turn do a full circle and keep and, the nose and ke- oh, yeah 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 you Ooh. talked about this before yeah oh, yes. i appreciate that you i think it was last week or the week before. probably because i talk about all of my issues uh and i, I let did the hear nose feedback drop. from one listener that they're oh. learning how to fly planes basically from all of your oh, they are he's like i'm hearing a lot of how to fly a plane <laughs> oh that and is, I go, I try. Yeah. No, okay, then I won't talk as much then. But I'll finish funny. this story. And then I'll never talk about planes again. Just a oh, little yeah, bit. Right. Just a little bit. <laughs> There's definitely people listening out there who are excited. I mean, yeah. it's exciting that you're getting so yeah. close. Well, close is a relative term, I guess. But because I keep dropping the nose and I'm not banking all the way to 45 because I'm a little afraid of the ground. Uh, when we do it, he, we chant together. We go... We go, um, don't let the nose drop. Stay at 45. Don't let the nose drop. Stay at 45. So mm. that's kind of fun. It's like two competing teams, except they're both playing the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same goal. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, and then the most recent lesson he taught me is uh, think like a goldfish. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, sometimes I'm hard on myself with my landings. And so every time I do something that I'm not supposed to do or do something or not do something I'm supposed to do, uh, I give myself a hard time. But then he goes, you got to think like a goldfish. Just let it roll off your shoulders and refocus. And um, and that's OK. Like, forget about it. And then do we you just have chance while you them. land. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, well, we do. It's a common one. Right rudder, right rudder, right rudder. Because I don't press on the right pedal enough. Mm. And uh, but this goes into more airplane you know airplane principles like left turning tendencies and stuff and so i just don't press the right rudder enough so then sometimes my airplane lands crooked yep like uneven with the ground uneven with the ground uneven with the orientation of diagonal and or uneven with the ground so then you can cause side loading which is something else i learned but we won't go into imagine that could cause you to tip Mm -hmm. or like a lot of things see this see yeah i love that you're so interested yeah, I just I feel like that sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why, like, you know, the better you know about these things, uh, the better technique you have, the safer you will be. Yeah, as a passenger, I think I'd rather not know. Oh. I mean, just as a passenger, I'm like, oh, this guy's 
We're not oriented properly. <laughs> going to roll this bird. Well, that's, every time I'm on a commercial airplane, I'm always I can, like thinking, okay, during the takeoff and landing, I'm critiquing. critiquing. I'm critiquing the takeoffs and landings of the pilots. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some beautiful landings. Yeah. There's been somewhere I'm like so soft. I didn't even realize I was on the ground and I was like, I want to talk to this pilot. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then I'm there like, are some where I'm like, down? what just happened? And there's somewhere you're like, skirt, skirt, skirt. Yeah. <laughs> you're like screeching to a halt. You're like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like throwing me out of my chair. Yeah. It's good thing I'm buckled in. Mm-hmm. Seats and seat backs upright in their full position for exactly. taxi takeoff this and landing. This is for your safety, people. Yeah. I am excited to fly in a few weeks. I'm excited for you. I haven't flown in a while. Hawaii. Oh. Holy crap. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, man. I okay. know. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. I'm deprived. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about this week, Mandy? We are talking about emotional intelligence. Oh, right. I like that you were like, we are. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, At least that's what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, what I was you talking, think you're about. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, no, this is a great topic. Yeah. I think it speaks to a lot of our listeners and just speaks to anyone out there who is hoping to be successful in any area of their life. Also gaining it. We're breaking down the aspects of emotional intelligence and explaining how this helps you in many facets of life, but also just improving relationships in general. This is a good topic for that, whether you're improving romantic friendship or business relationships uh, we tried to make it not dry and tried to make it pretty fun, applicable, understanding real world applications and how Miley and I have both experienced emotional intelligence or lack of. Uh, this was a fun one to record. It was super fun. I'm yeah. excited for people to hear it and let us know what they think. All right, people, enjoy our emotionally intelligent talk about emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy, we are going to talk about emotional intelligence. Ooh, I love this topic. When I think of emotional intelligence, I actually think a lot about you because you've done mm. a lot of self-care and self-development and self-focus over the last like, especially over the last 10 years. Whenever you share experiences or things that you know and that you want to, you know, inspire other people it always comes back to like your high level of emotional IQ. And so mm. I, I admire you a lot for that. Well, thank you. That's so I look, nice. Yeah, I look forward to hearing what, uh, what tips and tricks and, and, and things that you have to share with us about emotional intelligence today. I guess in, in building this episode, I was like, yeah, I think you suggested the topic. And I was like, I love that topic. Let's do it. I'm all about it. And But when I sat down to think about it, I was thinking... How do I define emotional intelligence? And I was sort of sort of at a loss for how to really put it into a, a well thought out sentence or two. Because I think of sort of in management, right? Managing a team. I think a lot of the workplace. I think a lot of like friendships. I think a lot of how cognizant are you uh, of what other people are feeling in situations and how mindful you can be around 
why these people are reacting the way they are in situations and but uh so i did obviously we do our research here and i did a little googling and just kind of looking into some leaders that i appreciate and look up to that speak towards emotional intelligence and the i don't know how i didn't look up like the webster's dictionary <laughs> i didn't look up any formal formal definition of emotional intelligence but I landed on Tony Robbins page mm, for mm-hmm. a bit and uh, you know people who who follow yeah. <laughs> him are also people who want to work on themselves and yes. believe in uh, the the importance of relationships. Yes. And if you're I think he's obviously someone that people have sought out personally and professionally mm-hmm. and I believe that if you've sought out Tony Robbins for any sort of whether you've gone to an experience, yeah. read a book, listened to his lectures or speeches, any of that kind of stuff, you're you're looking to develop yourself further to get to the next level yeah. personally and or professionally. Yep. And I just I, I very, very much value his take on this yeah. type of thing. And what I came up with from his website is emotional intelligence is the ability to engage others feelings while uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but while understanding, managing and expressing your own. I love that, actually, because it, it is kind of is a, a lot more uh, concise than what yes. I was thinking, Same. which I really love because, <laughs> you know, you were talking about how to like manage your own emotions. And, and I was thinking, you know, if I had to define EQ, I would think not only is it to be able to read and understand other people's emotions, but also like how do your emotions and the way you communicate with other people. It's also being able to identify or be mindful of how people are going to react to you yeah, and how you carry yourself. And, and oftentimes I think about an example I think about is conflict resolution. Whenever there's a conflict, mm-hmm. I, I would think that someone who has a high emotional IQ is not just familiar with the IQ part, like how to actually resolve the conflict itself. But how do you communicate with that person so that you can be effective in resolving that communication so that you're being mindful of their emotional health and mental health on top of just their need for that conflict to be resolved. Right. Making people feel heard and understood. Yeah. Validated. Yes. Yeah. So the. Um, but making sure that you are not at a cost of your own either. Right. right. So like emotional IQ is not just about well, being mindful of other people. yourself. It's all. Yes. Yeah. Being both being mindful of yourself and others. Right. So emotional intelligence has a lot of facets to it from, you know, just like kind of the digging I did. I think why I had such a hard time of thinking how I would paraphrase this and I loved that little line I found yeah. on the Tony Robbins site I was like okay that makes sense and then the more I did I was like that's why I'm having such a hard time because there's actually it's a multifaceted thing that makes up emotional intelligence like emotional intelligence is not just empathy it's not just having listening skills it's not just having the ability to manage your emotions but it's these things and more and that's what we're going to kind of go through today like things that make up emotional intelligence and areas you can improve your skills, improve your awareness, improve your perception and to, to increase your emotional intelligence. And, you know, 
today more than ever, emotional intelligence is as important, if not more than intellectual, like IQ, intellectual intelligence, because I, you can teach anybody to, you know, read the book and memorize the paragraph and know the X, Y, and Z, but you can't, I don't know that everybody can always pick up on all soft skills. Some people have more natural propensity for soft skills than others. And I think of soft skills when I think of emotional intelligence. So if you hear me say soft skills, I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost using them interchangeably because soft skills are these personal skills, these relational skills, building relationships, listening, speaking, understanding, empathizing with people. Um, you can, you know, we put a monkey in a rocket ship or something, didn't we? Like, I think you can teach anybody to do certain things, but can you put anybody in a situation with a team and have that whole team have a happy outcome yeah. and everyone feel good about it at the end? And yeah. I think emotional intelligence is kind of where everybody that is in the situation comes out of it happy, understood, and feeling good about where it's going. Exactly. So and, and maintaining healthy relationships yes. during that process. Yes. Thank you. Agreed. That too. Emotional intelligence. The reason it's important beyond everything that I've listed is to help you build empathy. I mean, building empathy, learning, listening skills, learning conflict resolution, learning to regulate your own emotions. These are things that are going to take you far any direction you want to go. And if I may add to that, it's it's not just all of those things about being self-aware about your emotions, but being self-aware of how your emotions affect those around you based on how yeah. you're acting or oh, yeah. reacting to people too. Oh, absolutely. Being able to tailor yourself yeah. to the situation. Uh, so, cause, I mean, we learn a lot of this stuff with personality trait, mm -hmm. a lot of those types of lectures that we do, right? It's like, oh, this person, like some of them are blue, so, you know, like colors. It's like, oh, you're a blue. Okay. I know I need to be very cautious to the sensitive emotional side of you. And if you're an orange, I know I need to be very factual and logical and blah, 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 blah. So this is a little bit of that too. Emotional intelligence is understanding where people are coming from, what motivates people, but not solely for the goal of winning or getting people to do what you want them to do. It's for the purpose of building relationships and understanding everyone and empathizing and, you know, behind it, there's, you know, if you're in a management situation, there's going to be some type of leadership behind it and moving people in a direction, but cohesiveness and feeling welcome, feeling heard, feeling connected is all a big part of emotional intelligence. So we want to develop that better connection to everyone around us, whether it's personally, professionally, you need to build your empathy. You need to you, build. So when you talk about empathy, it also reminds me of uh, I'm watching this. I just started watching this TV series called A Good Place. Oh, you just started watching I The just Good started, Place? I know. It's, Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Holy I fork balls. It, yes. <laughs> Holy shirt balls. Holy what shirt. What the fork? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but like it's about, you know, I've only I've only seen like two or three episodes. Oh, God. But it's about her trying to not be not only become an ethical person, but build empathy. And her soulmate is trying to teach her how to build empathy. And I'm sitting there I'm like, this is not the kind of show that I thought it was. And I wish I had started watching it a lot earlier because I didn't yeah. realize. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so <laughs> ironic yeah. and cheeky. And oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for you because there's so many twists in this show. But yeah, it like it, when you were talking about empathy, it just reminded me of like 
she's he he's trying to teach her how to be considerate of other people yeah and it's so difficult for her he cheaty he teaches a core like in his in his real life on earth he was teaching ethics and professionalism yes he wrote an entire like thousand page manuscript on how to be ethical and professional and so he's teaching her how to be and an she's ethical the and least good human ethical being. professional yes. person ever and she's like some trailer trash from arizona yeah yeah she went to like she yeah she <laughs> it's really like funny. that's how they describe her in the show i'm not saying people from no. arizona are trailer trash we're yeah. from arizona we live in arizona yeah. we love arizona <laughs> just the way she describes herself in the show is yeah. being some sort of trailer trash from oh, arizona tempe which, arizona yeah is it really tempe? Yeah, tempe oh god so funny i think she went to asu yeah 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 oh god it's really funny so funny yeah but it just reminds me of like it's it's really hard to teach empathy it is i think it's it's, doable but it's hard it's hard to teach empathy because so where where empathy starts is learning about yourself Mm -hmm. and so people that don't have a lot of empathy are probably people that have experienced some i'm generalizing here but you've probably experienced a fair amount of trauma and a significant lack of emotional uh, awareness with yourself as a probably a self-preservation yeah. so if you find you're struggling with empathy or maybe what does that mean what does it mean to be more empathic like i've maybe people have said to you you know practice a little empathy here or maybe you yeah. could work on being empathic it starts with figuring out yourself so initially you need to figure out what you're feeling and i'm yeah. talking at Anytime and anytime you come through a day where you're feeling a little anxious, you're feeling wound up, you're feeling stressed. Anytime you're feeling a little off. Yes. Angry. Thank you. Uh, Anytime you're feeling a little off, you need to go, what am I feeling? And just you need to practice mindfulness and sitting with yourself. And um, this isn't you going off and sitting in a corner and meditating, although meditating is great. I'm talking about when you're feeling something going, whoa, I'm feeling something. Stop. Yeah. What am I feeling right now? Like try to label it. Yes. Try to identify. Like and it's not good or bad yeah. labels. Right. But it's, it's just identifying Identifying it. and putting a name to it. Because yes. one of the things about being able to control the situation is being able to identify and just put a name to it so that you have something tangible right. to attach to it. Instead of just, I'm feeling off. I don't know what it is. But it's right. having that, like being able to decide and name it. Rattle off a whole bunch of words. Am I anxious? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I lonely? There are actually lists out there that can, that can help you brainstorm. Like, you know, what am I feeling? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh You need to go through the list until you find the one that go. Yeah. I'm definitely a little of that right now. And I am so stressed out. There's so much on my plate. Things are pulling me in so many directions. I'm definitely feeling overwhelmed. Like talk to yourself for a minute or two until you get to the word that tells you what you're feeling. Just keep talking. So identifying what you're feeling is where this is going to begin. This journey of emotional intelligence, which is going to start with empathy. Um, Identify what you're feeling. Be mindful. Um, This gets easier with practice. When I was first starting my journey way back in the day with a boyfriend who was uh, an addict, Going into Al-Anon, it was a lot of this, like, figuring out what's going on with me. Because in those types of relationships, whether it's family or uh, romantic, any type of relationship where there's an addict involved, 
it becomes very codependent and the mm. other person becomes very codependent and it becomes i'm sorry i'm repeating myself <laughs> it becomes very codependent and the other person starts catering their behavior yeah. in order to not get certain reactions out of the other and there's just a lot of manipulation starts happening and we start avoiding our own emotions because what's going on with them yeah. is such a big deal and it's like the center of everyone's attention so Identify what you're feeling. Go through the whole list of emotions. Figure it out. Acknowledging, acknowledging and validating your feelings is the next step. I was just thinking that too. It's like, it's okay to feel this yes. way. This is how I'm feeling right now. Um, validating and saying, saying it's okay and just validating it and giving it a name. Like Miley was just saying, labeling it, actually giving it a term. There are no good or bad emotions. Yeah. There are just emotions. Exactly. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. You're allowed to feel anxious. You're allowed to feel whatever you want to tired. feel or yes. are feeling. It's okay to feel whatever it is you're feeling. They're all fine. None of these are bad. Acknowledge and validate them and understanding how to label them. Like we were saying, this is how you become better at validating other people's mm, feelings. Yeah. And this is how we practice empathy. Yes. You need to know what you're feeling. You need to be able to put terms to it. You need to be able to be okay with it yeah. so that you can be okay when people around you yes. are experiencing the same thing. Being curious about your own emotion actually interrupts the course of emotional trajectory that you're currently on. So mm. how many people can relate to being broken up with and that initial wave of pissed, yep. hurt, Yep reliving every interaction maybe you've had with this person for the last X number of dates, months. Hell yes. <laughs> and you just spiral, right? You're in this mm -hmm. trajectory and you're just, you're just barreling down yeah. into it. You're just it's reliving just, all the shit that doesn't help. It just keeps going on you're and just, on and on. You just keep playing this, this little loop over and over Never in your head. Never ending. Yep. So being curious about your emotions in moments like those actually interrupts this thought pattern that's not helpful and shifts you into a place of being able to identify the emotion and label it so that you can then solve the problem so that you can get out of it and redirect. Like this is where you start to self, this is where you start to regulate your own emotions yeah. instead of letting them regulate you. This is being, being curious about your emotions and saying, what am I feeling right now? What am I doing? And why am I feeling that way? I was hurt. I was hurt. just going to say one I, of the next steps you know, would be like, what you can't figure out why you're feeling what you're feeling you until know you what. know what you're feeling exactly so really being able to like i said I, I just really liked this tip that i found somewhere it was just being curious about your emotions interrupts that current emotional that. response and trajectory so that you can start working on the problem instead of spiraling out and spinning out and just i mean i can relate to the idea like when i read this i was like oh breakups yeah or, oh like i was fired from a job once and it was just like, you know, a bitch session about being fired from this job. Uh, but I mean, I was really happy actually to be fired in the end. But like, like the next day I was like, okay. Um, but I can relate to that getting stuck in that little cycle. And it sucks. It's not a fun place to be. Like you don't feel good in that. And no one around you feels good hearing, a, you know what I mean? Hearing you be stuck in the negativity of it, so to speak. Or just stuck in this place where you're not, you're just like, in quicksand and you want to stop calm and get out of the quicksand so i just i really love that um be curious about your emotions people so <laughs> and i will say that will reinforce 
just your curiosity muscle because if yeah. you practice curiosity and that you give your per, you give yourself permission to be curious from a very neutral place right then it allows you to also be curious of other people's emotions from a place of non-judgment as well and yeah. that will help you with your relationships or conflicts whenever you do have them 100 percent. i've done that with people that i'm close to i'm like so i'm getting am i reading this right are you feeling a little bit of this is that whatever this is coming from if it's not could you help me yeah and let me know where this is coming from what exactly are you feeling in this like where is this behavior rooted yeah what emotion is here um you you next really need to believe in yourself and i know those are three big words for a lot of us but believing that no matter what comes your way that you can handle it is really i mean that's a life tip i guess empowering (laughs) it yeah it helps you build resiliency right we talk a lot about resiliency but that's a big ingredient in getting to a place where you are resilient you don't just become resilient overnight just like you don't believe in yourself overnight either but sometimes what happens is you have to speak it into the universe and you have to keep practicing it's kind of like an affirmation as well so like um and everything in your life that you do can help you build that confidence and that self-esteem so that you do believe in yourself and that you continuously believe in yourself and it's not like for me you're not gonna always believe in yourself there's gonna be some moments where you might not believe in yourself but old that's habits, why resilience yeah that's why resilience creep is so in mm-hmm. and you just you need to have these wait a minute i've been here before mm-hmm. what did i do last time this is part of believing in myself you look back and you go oh i've done this before i can definitely do this again this is yes. we talked about fire drills in one of these other episodes i think like yeah. affirmations maybe where it's like this is like a fire drill this is this is my emotional intelligence I'm going to practice it like a fire drill that way in the future when I do hit a bump and I do start to feel myself coming up, up, up in the emotion, I can go, wait a second. What am I feeling? It's okay to feel that. That's understandable. What do I want to feel and what do I need? Like, is there something I can do about this? Well, that's the thing too, right? Like also part of recognizing your feelings is when you get further along, you can start to identify triggers that cause you to feel certain things. And that'll also help not only just avoid some of those triggers, but it also helps to identify, okay, how do I, how do I resolve it once I get triggered? Because once you can figure out what you're feeling and why you're feeling, it helps you uh, overcome those feelings a little bit easier and faster as each time you experience it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Knowing why you're feeling Mm -hmm. that is huge. It's very helpful. You can go, oh, you didn't really do anything here, but this makes me feel this and Mm -hmm. it comes from this place. And I don't know that it's anything you can help, but as long as I can tell you about it and you have practiced empathy both ways, Mm -hmm. that other person gets to feel empathy for you. And it's getting a little ahead of us, but uh, there's definitely uh, an honesty and sharing portion to this whole emotional intelligence thing. Believing in yourself, becoming self-aware, like, learning how your emotions are driving your decisions are and I know people like this or I guess I have I have known people like this who make their decisions out of emotion you ever see people on the road yeah I see it on the road a lot so people get pissed yep. off that one lane's going slow and then they mm-hmm. swerve into the other lane really rapidly and punch the gas and drive off very metaphorical for how some people behave in real life like they get pissed off when something isn't going their way and they race to some 
spontaneous decision to show that guy or show that girl. I'll show you like your boyfriend didn't text you back within a certain time frame and you're just mad. So you're like, fuck him. You go out with the girls and get drunk all night. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can just relate and, un- and see these things behave. Like don't let your emotions run you yeah. learn how they drive your decisions and it'll help you become more strategic in your decision making not letting your life be ruled by emotional choices are certain feelings getting the best of you how can you make a healthier choice yeah so i think of two specific examples that i like is that's that i'm on a journey of right now when it comes to being self-aware okay. of how my emotions affect my decisions so in the last i would say six months i would say that I am really trying hard. I recognize I'm at the stage where I recognize the emotion and I recognize the triggers and I know why, but I'm still allowing these two specific emotions to drive and affect my decisions. The first Mm. one is anger and I am not a very, I don't get angry very often, but in the last six months I've probably gotten more angry than I've ever gotten before, which is why it explains that, It's been hard for me to manage that emotion because I'm not typically an angry person. Mm -hmm. But in the last six months, I've experienced that emotion so much Mm. that it actually affects a lot of my relationships or the way I respond to people. Mm. I respond very impulsively and I'm, I'm trying and I recognize like, you know, they always tell you some of the tips that, you know, you hear out there is don't make decisions while you're angry or don't shoot that text message or don't write that or write that email or write that text, but don't send it. Wait three hours or wait a full day. And if you still feel that way, then send Mm -hmm. it or whatnot. But I have allowed my moments of anger to affect me. And I've sent a lot of text messages specifically, but also emails too in my haste or my impulsiveness, you know, impulsive nature in those situations so i'm just in the current process of managing my anger <laughs> right now <laughs> uh, but like you know but like uh, it's, it's helpful to recognize what stage i'm at and realize like how it's affecting me and uh the second emotion that i've been feeling over the last six months that have really affected my decision making is like when i'm overwhelmed and exhausted this is when i was gonna yeah. guess for you and everyone I, but then part of this is like I've recognized it. And so be, when when I started recognizing it, I actually started sharing my emotions with people so that people can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's a recommendation, but that's what I do because I want the people in my life to better understand me, to support me if they can, to be there if I need them. And so one of the things that I'm learning in terms of just developing my own self-awareness and hopefully it helps me with my own EQ in the in the long run is being able to when I identify what I'm feeling is to actually share that with other people that are close to me that I feel safe with that I trust. Right. So that if they can help me, they can. And if not, they can at least understand where I'm at so that when I do make some impulsive decisions, they can understand they might not approve and they might not be OK or maybe they can help me or whatnot. But at least like uh, at least for me, I think it's a win that I'm acknowledging identifying recognizing acknowledging and then hopefully the more I recognize it the better I can control and manage myself but also like the decisions that are affected when I'm in moments of anger or uh, overwhelmness yeah so for somebody like like what you're experiencing if you're if you're mad you like my recommendation for the email or the text would be 
I'm flooded right now and I'm going to say something that I probably shouldn't. So I'm just going to take a break. I like that. And then that's 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 an answer if the other person, you know what I mean? Like oh, if the yeah, other yeah, yeah. side of that person so was sort of ignoring them, expecting yeah. an answer, mm-hmm. I'm flooded right now. I'm going to need to take a break and come back to this. I like that. When I'm feeling more centered and I'm not having this, I'm not coming from this place of dysregulation. I like that. That's actually really helpful. Yeah, I think it's completely, especially if it's someone close to you. You yeah. know, what I mean? like you said, you don't share this with just anybody. I'm not definitely. We're not recommending you go out and just tell every random fucking stranger. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really overwhelmed in life right now. <laughs> no, bitch. No one wants like strangers don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone's asking something of you and you're already in your in a place of like, oh my god, I'm I have things coming at me mm-hmm. from 16 angles right now. I have capacity for three and you're trying to put one more on my plate. Like, sorry, I'm super overwhelmed right now. Can we table this for three days? Can you come back to me in a week? Whatever it is. If somebody's pissing you off and you know you're having this response that isn't necessarily belonging to them, but like you're like, I have in this response, I'm flooded right now. I'm going to need some, I'm going to need a minute and then I'll be able to revisit this once I've regulated. I like that. Thank you for that advice. Of course. Um, And I think, again, practicing these things Mm -hmm. is how you get good at them. Yeah. Um, Becoming self-aware, learning your emotions, how they're driving your decisions. Uh, Are they getting the best of you? What is the better response? Like you need to, these are all things to do. Like where, like you've identified where emotions were getting the best of you. Mm -hmm. So now it's just about making a better choice and implementing that the next time it happens again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And just by doing that, you will become further able to regulate in those times of anger to where you're not mad for three hours or a day or three days, whatever it is, like it will get shorter every single time it happens. And hopefully the other, you know, that's the other thing. This is a two way street. If the other person that you're in this interaction with, isn't Im- I want to say improving isn't working on their side of the street yeah like you can only keep your side of the street clean if they're not keeping their side clean what the fuck like call the HOA like boot their <laughs> ass out of the neighborhood you know what I mean like yeah I'm only responsible for my side of the street and right now my I'm flooded I can't do this right now I need a minute we can come back to it but if this person just continually gaslights or just behaves in a way that is disrespectful, doesn't care about your feelings, then that's a decision. There's a decision there too, right? So it's a lot of self-awareness and a lot of really being cognizant of like, what am I doing? What's a better, what's a better path here? Is there a better response that I can have? Is this person also working on this with me equally? I mean, emotional intelligence is a two-way street. It's not just you. It's working in a relationship as well whether it's a friend a coworker, a romantic partner um learning to motivate yourself was something like motivation was a big one that I came across in yeah e- EQ EI and we've had an episode on motivation too so yes we have yeah um Roll back to that <laughs> your your boy Mark Manson <laughs> he uh he has something he calls do something principle The do something principle states that taking action is not just the effect of motivation, but also the cause of it. I like that. And that's That's, basically what we said in that whole episode. It's like motivation comes from doing it. 
Yeah. You have to start to get the ball rolling. And then it keeps you, it gives you the momentum. Exactly. You have to start. So the do something principle, again, just do something, take action, just start. We say this a lot. There is no magical inspiration dust. I, I, I don't, I think... I've been a paraphrased or I just started ranting here on my notes when I read that. But I was like, there's no magical inspiration dust. It's going to come along and start a project yeah. or a task for you. You just have to start. Start racking up your wins. Yeah. Start racking up your losses so you can gain momentum and a sense of your direction. And how like to put that into EI or EQ, it's like start coming up with healthier choices. These things that we've mentioned yeah. so, so far, you just have to start making small changes. Like one small change, what am I feeling? One small change, why am I feeling that? One small change, that's okay for me to feel that. Another small change, here's how I'm going to respond to this person in the future when this happens. Small changes. And and what's your quote about the little things? Little by little, a little becomes a lot. Yes, I love it. I can never say it, but I love it. I think about it. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. I used to have um, maybe a postcard or a little framed picture of it. Maybe I should just paint my own. I have some canvases. Maybe I should just paint one. Um, little by little, a little becomes a lot. And uh, these little steps are really helpful. So motivate yourself. Um, healthy relationships. Uh, another one I, I just had written here was healthy relationships with others begin with recognizing and respecting each other's feelings. So this is kind of that social skills aspect of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, again, sometimes it's hard to teach social skills. Some people don't think they need to learn. Uh, yeah bless their hearts <laughs> and that's you know it kind of goes back to also like you are making a decision about the people that you have around you mm-hmm. now granted maybe in the workplace you may not be able to make 100 percent the decision of who is around you but in your personal life in your romantic life you do have a hundred percent say about the people that you surround yourself with oh yeah and maybe in in the workplace you just have to be mindful and limit your interactions with people that may not be healthy for you and and it goes back to how you said like i'm glad that you said uh eq is a two-way street Mm -hmm. you can do all the work you can take care of your side of the street you can be self-aware and know about your own emotions and to know about being empathetic but if the other person or other people that's part of the interaction doesn't have that then you also have to recognize that you can't control everything. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's out of your control and you have to be okay with that too. Right. You have to have an acceptance of those people or decide to, again, like you said, limit your interactions with them. Um, I can think of one time in a professional setting where there was somebody who had, I mean, zero emotional intelligence which is a struggle for me as someone who managed people um, many of the people I was probably like the median age of the people I managed like some of the people were older than me some of them were younger than me I was like right in the middle Mm -hmm. and when I would manage people like when I'm trying to help people older than me develop a skill set like emotional intelligence soft skills communication social skills that they've been missing and they're maybe 50 years old like it's so tough it is tough because they're already missing that thing that soft skills thing so it's because if they don't have it by age 50 (laughs) and my my eyes are just wide open right now yeah if you haven't been exposed to thinking like this yet it's going to be really difficult and I can think of a person who is like constantly working with her do you 
do you see how when you behave that way and when you say things in the tone and the face and the words you choose, do you see how that elicits the response that you don't like out of those people? Yeah. And they never, the person was never, I mean, so many fucking, <laughs> so many times there were meetings and it was like, how do you not, like, she, she he, the person was just <laughs> so unwilling to recognize yeah. that they had any responsibility and there was no self-awareness. We're back to the self-awareness. Yeah. Like, they just had none. And it's, it's, it was such a struggle. I, I will never forget. It was, it's a, Yeah. It's a huge thing in my professional career, like managing people that just the soft skills right over there. I mean, I even brought in our HR director and after the meeting, the HR director looked at me and went, she just don't get it. (laughs) And I like literally laughed like you just don't go. And I went, right? (laughs) I don't know how much simpler I can fucking explain. Like there are going to be people like that and you have to decide I mean, professionally, if you're in a place to, you can decide to get that person off of your team so they stop poisoning your well. It's also, I mean, you mentioned the R word, which is like taking responsibility, Mm -hmm. like responsibility. Accountability. Yeah. So you, you, one, you have to take responsibility of your own emotions and, and also responsibility of how you act, behave, how you emote and, and how it affects other people. But the other thing is it requires not just empathy, but empathy requires open-mindedness yes and if you're not open-minded to the possibility that like you could be so just unemotionally intelligent how do you even grasp the idea of understanding other people around you or grasp the idea that you're not getting the response that you want because of you. I think in the future, if I ever had to have a person, if I ever had to try to do this with a person that was like this again, I'd say, what does emotional intelligence mean to you? Mm. And then I would maybe read this definition to them and see what they, how they understood that. Like, shucks. I would start with, do you even, have you ever been heard of the word emotional intelligence? Can you define for me emotional intelligence yeah. and what it means to you? Yeah. Like, that'd be a great starting or, off point. Yeah. And do you think Shit. you have emotional yeah where do you think you fall on the yeah. scale and then all the little happy faces you know the happy yeah. <laughs> you know when i think about emotional intelligence just because of my background in healthcare mm-hmm. and because i work in a clinic with special needs i teach a lot about like people who have autism or who are on the autism spectrum uh and oftentimes i wonder because those people aren't giving exactly. you a lot no they right. do not give you a lot right so then what happens is as the person who is emotionally intelligent being open-minded is recognizing that some people do have limits with their EQ and it's okay. Right. Then, then the question becomes the level of respect Mm -hmm. because there is an expectation that even if you are someone who has autism spectrum disorder, you should understand what respect is and be able to uh, be respectful of other people. You may not be interested in socializing. You may not be interested in my feelings and how I feel about certain situations, but you should be able to respect me, my space, my property, my feelings. Except that I'm an emotional creature, like on a different level than you are. And so I I just want to mention that because part of being an emotionally intelligent person is recognizing and being open-minded to understanding that sometimes there are some people who have limitations 
I mean, granted, the person that you had to deal with <laughs> did not have autism spectrum disorder. No. And it's it, in it that had a situation, personality yeah. disorder. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I think that was pretty. Right. It seemed pretty clear to me that that yeah. person had a personality disorder. Yeah. But it's unfortunate. right? But being mindful, a like part of EQ is also recognizing people's limitations. Mm-hmm. It sucks. But yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh healthy relationships back and forth recognizing respecting each other's feelings uh you're able to connect and empathize with others by both this is kind of what you were saying a minute ago by listening and we talked about skillful listening where you're listening to understand versus respond which we've talked about a number of times on this show and not only listening but sharing yourself honestly with others vulnerable vulnerably like vulnerability is a big part of emotional intelligence it's like if I'm ga- gathering, if I'm gathering info from you and I'm aiming to understand you, the other person should be doing the same, right? And you have to be vulnerable to get that vulnerability out of another person. Uh, there's lots of articles and studies and it's like, even in things like sales, right? In business, it's, I have to open myself up a little bit to you yeah. to make sure you're going to open up to me and I'm going to gain your trust and we're going to go into this relationship whatever type it is with trust openness honesty vulnerability you don't have to fully understand other people but you can accept yeah and value that person's existence pain experience we're we're all in this like human spectrum of like our own personal lived through traumas and pain um and experiences so far and i don't have to understand why you're making the decisions you are but I can say, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I don't have to understand why this person is choosing to do this. I don't have to like it, but I can accept it and respect it and value their existence and value the things that got them to where they are. Um, one of the last things that Mark Manson talked about on his website was connecting values to your emotions. Oh, I thought that was really interesting, kind of as, as a way of accountability for your actions, as a way of checking in, as a way of saying, are my decisions, is the way I'm behaving, are the people I'm corresponding with, are the things I'm doing true to my values? Oh. I thought that was a really... Yeah, because that checks you back in with your authenticity and right. your honesty, not just with other people, but with yourself. Right. Am I still on a mission that's mm-hmm. true to me? Yeah. I thought that was really good I and I, I really like the way that made me think about business mm. and how we work in teams and how we work in like, you know, just professional settings maybe because you can learn a lot of skills as a manager to sort of direct people and you're directing people's energy is a big part of managing people and you want to direct people's energy when they start to get all worked up about something. You got to you know diffuse, bring it back to what's important. Um, but you can also do that with zero value, right? Yeah. You can easily direct people into selling things or doing things or buying things that don't have any good purpose, so mm-hmm. to speak, or don't align with your values. So I thought that was really interesting, the whole assigning a value to your emotions. I really like that. Yeah. I was, I, it's I, really I, fascinating I, I kind of feel like brings everything back. Yeah, I kind of feel like I needed to look more into like how to assign values to my emotions because I'm Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of this I'm very, very skilled in. But that felt very kind of new to me. And I was like, "Ooh, I want to do this now to make sure that I'm operating from that space. And this is what I mean. Like this is what just happened in the last couple minutes is an exact 
example of why I admire you so much when it comes to, I mean, I admire you for a lot of things, but <laughs> when it comes to like emotional intelligence, like even with the vast amount of knowledge and experience that you've already have accomplished with emotional intelligence, like even like there's still things that you're still working on or that you discover and you want to learn more about and improve on. And the, and, and that leads me to like one of the last points that I do want to make, which mm-hmm. is as someone who has high emotional intelligence, one of the best gifts that you have as someone like that is that you're able to help other people build and improve on their emotional IQ as well. Mm-hmm. Because you're able to not only be secure in yourself and know yourself, but also be able to read and be secure with other people and help them be more self-aware. Yeah, I've definitely pulled people out of spiraling situations and said, wow, that must have been really scary. Me, a lot of times. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can think I can think of a few times. I think I've even (laughs) done it with people who like professionally who maybe don't report to me. So but yeah, I mean, just having the ability to actually hear what people are saying, not just the words, but understand Mm -hmm. what people are saying is like, wow, that must have been terrifying or dude, how excited are you? That's amazing. You know, wow. Like people might say things in a very offhanded way and you can go, that's a huge accomplishment. Good job. You know, just, yes. Thank you for saying that first of all, uh, or last of all, I don't know. I'm somewhere in my speech, but, (laughs) uh, it is really, really interesting to be able to do that. And what I enjoy is that other people's nonsense doesn't, doesn't get to own me other people's vibes don't get to don't throw me into a state of dysregulation like I regulate me I decide what I'm feeling nothing you do makes me feel this way I feel this way because I feel this way nothing giving what you have to understand a little bit about this this little part of emotional intelligence the self-regulation is that other things other people do don't decide my emotions once you've decided that like that self-regulation becomes much easier and you just become a lot more aware of what's happening. It's like you, that's giving away your power. Yeah. I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you the opportunity to rule my emotions. I rule my emotions. I decide what I'm feeling. You get to decide what you're feeling. Yeah. And I love that the, the, the language that you've given us, especially in the last few minutes, because I find that in the last, like I said, the last six months, I've been angry a lot. And um, when I converse with people that are making me feel certain, like, I don't want to say that, but like, sure. I reckon I say like, you're I, getting angry you're around not, yeah, these situations. Right. And I yeah. say, like, I always try to own what I'm feeling and say like, I'm not angry at you and what you did doesn't anger me, but I'm feeling angry because of this and Mm -hmm. I own this and I need to work on managing my anger around this situation. It involves you, but I don't want you to, you know, like I'm not blaming you and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm trying so hard not to let it control me and I'm trying to figure out how to regulate myself. Yeah. I wish I had more tips for you there. Um, Oh, Maybe if I had more specifics, we could talk offline. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's so funny. Some I go through days as recently as two days ago where uh, Mr. Boyfriend and I had a glass of champagne. And I had like one glass left in a bottle because I'd made cakes with it and stuff. And he's broken a wine glass, I think, here before. Or maybe I broke. I think we both. I broke one not long ago. And I think he broke one, too. But 
anyways, I gave him the, sh the champagne flute. We were washing dishes and I go, he goes, what do you want to do with this? And I go, well, I usually air dry that or I usually hand dry them because I don't like all the spots on my yeah. wine stemware. And so I go, but I hand it to him and I go, but just do it really carefully. Like, don't try cramming a lot of the towel into the glass because they break. They're fragile. They're dainty. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Six, seven seconds later, I hear. Oh. <laughs> and I and I hear like glass hit the sink and I just turn around and I look and I'm all. Okay. And he's just standing there frozen. And part of the glass is in his hand. And I can see little broken pieces. Like part of the glass is in one hand. Little broken pieces <laughs> are in the other hand. And a piece of the glass has hit the sink. Like, yeah. And I went, okay. Well, that happened. Um, and I look at his hand. I'm like, okay. He's like, you said they were fragile. And I was like, I did. I was like, that was my dumb Perignon champagne flute. <gasps> It's fine. Are you okay? I don't see any blood. Do you feel like he got stabbed? Like we got all yeah. the little shards of glass yeah. off of his hand. And I was like, he said something. I goes, well, well now I, I need a, a set. He's like, I could just buy one. I'm like, yeah, you can just get one and make us. I was like, that's not the important part. <laughs> I was like, but I was just, it was funny because I can just imagine. I can imagine a different time in my yeah. life where I would have just been pissed. Yeah. And I, and I, my initial response would have been like, what the fuck? I told you, not, you know what I mean? Like exactly, something along yeah. those lines. And that's such a calm, I would say many of our listeners and I would say like, that if, if Dude, I, I just told you, yeah, exactly. you know, or something like, like this, I, like whether I've had that response in the past or maybe still would have that response. So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And I was, I, I looked at it a little bit later and I went, hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like, wow. But it's, it's taken practice to yeah. get to where you are. And, and I don't to give be a able to, fuck in the to, end. It's yeah. a fucking glass. Yeah. Like, are you okay? Let's just get the glass out of the sink. Yeah. Make sure nothing goes down the drain. Like, just move on. Like, I'm not going to sit here and spiral in the, damn, there goes a champagne flute. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Just get the glass in the trash. Make sure there's no yeah. pieces in your hand. Check the floor. Make sure there's nothing going down my, like, just move on. But it makes sense, too, because I have that same I have a similar response to a lot of other scenarios, especially at work, when people come to me with problems and <laughs> and they think that I'm going to be mad. And I'm like, no. OK, like I expect there to always be problems. Like that's what I do as a supervisor. Yeah, like yeah. I expect there to be problems. So if you're coming to me, I, I expect you to tell me a problem and I'm not going to be pissed off about it. I'm be like, OK, redirect. Like, let's pivot. How do we manage the problem? I'm not going to spend time or energy being pissed off about problem the problem yeah right. the problem right so like okay now the problem is solving the problem so right. let's solve it instead of getting caught up in my like me spending energy and time and emotion on yeah. something because it doesn't help the situation right you just did the part that i mentioned earlier where it's like becoming aware and interrupting your emotional response if you're having one but you've in those situations you've already bypassed the emotional yeah. response professionally i'm good <laughs> personally is another problem in itself that i'm dealing with oh there were definitely days professionally where i was like oh my gosh people would come into my office and i just i would just have to look at like my face would just look at them and they'd be like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and i'm because i'm just sitting there trying not to say how annoyed or dumb like I'm just racing yeah. through the thoughts in my head yeah. that aren't helpful and I'm like okay 
all I, right <laughs> like when you when you talk about racing through your thoughts i'm thinking like swiping swiping right or left like yes. yep that's not helpful yep nope okay okay maybe i'll keep that around but i love that yeah. visual i'm just like swiping because i go through that same visual because we get the visual of the dumbass nope not yeah. helpful what the not fuck helpful. not helpful yeah. left 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 god damn it left. not helpful <laughs> exactly and like lately i've been going through a but lot you get to of the that. one that says okay what what do you need exactly. from me that yeah. one's helpful yes okay yeah swipe right <laughs> yes exactly oh my god that's genius i like that visual of swiping on no 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 i have yes. that same like stare in my face lately and so people come in i'm like oh i'm not like i have to just kind of say like oh i'm not mad like <laughs> you're not annoying me i'm just going through like you don't see it you don't see what's going on in my head right now but i'm swiping <laughs> <laughs> they're like on dates what are you no. swiping on swiping um, through how i can respond to you they're all terrified of <laughs> yeah i used to get that a lot i was like i, don't, I think i'm that's that's kind of how i knew i was at the end of that career where oh. i was just i just think i'm done doing this kind of mm. thing for now in this particular yeah, setting yeah. like i just need a new challenge because this one's yeah it wasn't for me it. anymore it was yeah. not mm. excite not exciting challenges anymore yeah understandable um so i do want to give our listeners a few books in oh, case they're yeah. interested yeah, in this yeah, sort yeah. of thing uh travis brad travis bradbury it's kind of a hard name to say emotional intelligence 2.0 i actually borrowed this book from our hr director oh. uh and i sort of skimmed it i have a really hard time reading these types of books i would recommend it in the audible version for people mm -hmm. that don't want to mm -hmm. sit and read if you have commutes and listening to this stuff it's way better if you're on a plane uh daniel goleman also writes a book that is highly revered by many many people for starting this movement i think oh. he wrote this in the 80s 70s really? 80s wow. might have been early 80s um daniel goleman wrote emotional intelligence and, and it has a really long subtitle i won't bore you with just look up daniel goleman emotional intelligence or travis bradbury emotional intelligence 2.0 ah. um another couple books i found related to this topic that people might like how to win friends and influence ah, people great book yes. great book i know a lot of people who've read this mm -hmm, book mm -hmm. and i've only i've never read the book i've only sort of um how do you say maybe skimmed the topics on it and just sort of looked over the highlights yeah that um, book and um uh what is it the the seven habits of highly oh. effective people is is always mentioned in the same breath as how to win friends and influence people you're right you're right there's some sim similar strategies mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. um social skills and then i thought this was cool i found dr john gottman along with another person whose name i didn't write down wrote a book called raising an emotionally intelligent child so I think that's pretty cool if you don't have to become 30 or 35 years old like we are yeah. before we're discovering how to become emotionally intelligent. But I bet if we read it, it would still help us as 30 and oh, you know, 40 Oh, as an olds. adult, it must. Yeah. Like, it's tips for the adult. Yeah. Like, it's not the children's yeah. book. And, and like I said, like, you know, going back to how I said mm -hmm. it, you know, as a highly EQ person, you might have the opportunity to help other people right. improve on their EQ. And so, I mean, raising an emotional intelligent child versus raising an emotional intelligent adult versus raising an emotional intelligent romantic partner friend or coworker, pretty much works i mean i would argue that raising an emotionally intelligent child is raising an emotionally intelligent adult right these are skills you're going to learn at the beginning of the game imagine how much better you would have been yeah. at scrabble if you knew how to spell bigger words yeah. before you hit 15 you know yeah. i mean just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get arm yourself with the tools arm totally. your kids with the tools like mm -hmm. teach them how to be more empathic caring kind listeners accepting and self-regulating i mean shoot come on 
I, I just we just didn't have these opportunities and that's nothing against our parents we are a product of all of the seven generations before us and we're carrying the weight of that and we can change it moving forward and that's the part that's most exciting for me cheers to that Woo. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have other comments or feedback that you want to share with us relating to EQ, please drop it in the comments and or catch us on Instagram at at Woman Get In and Facebook at Woman Get In. You can also email us mm -hmm. inquiries at womangetin.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to everybody who emails us. I can't think of any so far, but I definitely had some DMs recently that was like, I'm so listening to your podcast. Yay, Thanks so much for doing you. this. I'm catching up on it now. It's amazing. And, so, it's and if any of these episodes resonate with you and you think it'll be helpful to any of your people in your life, please Give us, um, you please support us and share these episodes with people you know. And, uh, and hopefully we are spreading the love and spreading the knowledge. Absolutely. Sharing is caring. If you think uh, you know someone who's a content expert that would be great on our show, feel free to shoot us their info as well. Yeah, yeah. Or self-nominate if you think you might be a good fit for our show. Absolutely. We had one or two of those recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, look forward to bringing you guys those episodes oh, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some more guests. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too.